0: You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. For yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Maurice Killifer. Unfortunately, Susie can't join us today, but we do have a reoccurring guest with us.
1: It's Sam.
0: Hey, welcome back, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> and we are talking about my birthday pick for the year. Um, it is uh episode 209, VFW from 2019. Uh, It's an hour and 32 minutes, directed by Joe Bagos, uh, who we actually talked about recently with Christmas Bloody Christmas. But he also did Bliss, The Mind's Eye, and Almost Human. Uh, Before we get into the massive cast, because it is a very big cast, um, let's go around the table and see what everyone thinks about this film. Uh, Sam, as you are our guest, it's customary we start with you. What are your thoughts?
2: (laughs) This is amazing. So I first saw this when it first came out. I think I saw it on Shudder, and, um, like, with my dad being, like, a veteran and stuff, I did know all these guys from, Mm -hmm. like, hanging out at, like, you know, different places, which was kind of cool. And, like, just the amount of over-the-top, like, blood and just dramaticness was amazing. It's so cool. (laughs)
0: It was like a zombie film without really zombies. Right. And that's, that's exactly (laughs) it. The hype, the hypers in this are totally fucking zombies. Totally. And the, oh, it's all practical effect. We just got to talk about that right off the bat. It's all practical effects. And it's, it's just dripping with, with, you know, good practical effects. I love it so much. It's gory goose. Ah, oh, I have so many times in here. In I have, like, notes, a, a spectacular blood splatter. <laughs> and the blood before the title card even. Like, oh, you get a amount of blood right before that. It fucking fills the <laughs> screen. There's so much. Oh, it's so good. So you're a fan, I take it.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was more... excited to watch this again. When you asked me, I was like, yes!
0: See for me I saw it I I saw the trailer before it had came out and I instantly pre-ordered it on Amazon I'm like you know what I'm gonna want this in my collection just from what I'm seeing in the trailer so I ordered the DVD and then it took me forever to watch it like I got it in the mail and then I had it and I didn't watch it for like four months just because I was so busy and then when uh, Jess and Caleb went to Florida with her dad I was home alone for like two nights and I'm like huh, I'm off from work. I ain't got shit to do. I'm going to watch VFW finally. I did the same thing with this that I did with Hobo with a Shotgun. As soon as I was done watching it, I was like, I want to watch it again. And I just started it (laughs) over. (laughs) But before we get into more of my thoughts on it, Maurice, what are your thoughts? I know this was a first time viewing for you, so I'm curious to hear what you have to say.
1: Well, I wanted to see it since it came out, but I never got around to it. So I I just kept on putting it off. So... Mm -hmm. You uh, put it on for your birthday, made me watch it. So (laughs) I'm glad I did. It's, it was, it's fun. It's, it's, it's a good movie. Uh, Like Sam said, lots of blood gore and I love the practical effects. Mm -hmm. My only complaint though, really is it's, I noticed this with uh, a Christmas, bloody Christmas, the RLJ entertainment that run the the distributor i don't like the it's too dark and i I can't see you know what's going on and i noticed this in christmas bloody christmas and i looked it up it's the same company yep um but i mean that's it's a very very minor complaint um i i
2: agree with that
1: too like the amounts
2: of blue and red was too much like you can really use blue and red lighting to an amazing advantage but i feel like here with the level of gore you're getting to it -hmm. was
0: just too much that that's actually the only complaint i have in my notes is that this film is far too dark um and it's This is something in modern filmmaking in general, I see a lot of people complain about this, is we've gotten away from practically lighting a scene and a lot of times they, like, if they're filming at night, it's a dark shot. And it's like, why? Why aren't we lighting films properly anymore? I mean, they always, like, especially in the 80s and 90s, they used blue lighting for night. So it's just, okay, fine. Just properly light it, Damn it, I want to see what's going on. (laughs) So... (laughs) And that, that is an unfortunate uh, fact of, of modern movie making is a lot of these lower budget movies tend to just kind of cheap out on the lighting, which sucks. But so overall, you, you dug it, huh?
1: Yeah, I I, I did. Uh, the cast was great. You know, I loved yeah. all the ca- there wasn't a character, you know, on the veteran side that I did not like. So, yep, yeah, I liked everything about it. I like I said, I had that minor complaint. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I've noticed that with a few other, and there's a lot of movies that you know are made by like you know Pangoria for Shudder and stuff like mm-hmm. that that this company did, but very minor.
0: Well, and and that's the thing. Like I, I'm I'm in agreement with both of you guys that uh, this is is a fucking great movie. Like obviously, I picked it for my birthday, so it's one of those movies that I really wanted to watch. Um, and I guess there's a theme this this month where it's, it's basically old dudes. Maybe I'm feeling old. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I love this movie. Like, I love all the characters. And I, I'll fucking admit it. Stephen Lang does not get enough credit for being a fucking badass. Like, this guy is a badass in every movie I see him in, and I love him. <laughs> like oh my god like he's such a badass in this and in the fucking don't breathe movies and an old man and like like he's just always he always <laughs> kicks ass like you know so i, I really like seeing that that guy in anything
1: he, but, he was um, in avatar so i'm not sure if he kicked ass in that I that's, saw it true. One
0: <laughs> that's true i have not seen either of the avatar movies so i can't speak to that um but i, I will say this like i know we already got a remake of death wish But I kind of feel like Stephen Lang is the modern day Charles Bronson. And I want to I want them to remake Death Wish and give me all five of the sequels. Damn it. (laughs) Like, Put Stephen Lang. You could have Martin Cove play one of the bad guys, like the crazy, uh, crazy dude that Michael Parks played in part five. Like put Martin Cove in that role. I am. I would so be in for this. But uh, I don't even know what kind of category to put this type of movie in, but I fucking love it. It's these like that like uber violent type of horror where it's almost like cartoonish violence. Um, you have it in, and obviously in this movie, but I mentioned Hobo with a Shotgun. Hobo with a Shotgun is another one that I feel is very much in this vein. Um, same thing with movies like Guns Akimbo, where it's like this hyper violence that's almost to the point of absurdity. But you buy it for the world they're selling you. It's it's almost like uh, like a comic book reality, and I don't know how to describe it. But anytime I find a movie like this or like Mandy, um, you know, uh, it just it has that like Turbo Kids, another one, but uh, or Psycho Gorman, you know, like it's just like this crazy Escape over the. York. What's that? Escape to New York. Yes, yeah, exactly. Those types of like. They're just crazy, violent, and weird. And there's always like some kind of, you know, weird bad guy, whether it be like aliens or drug runners or, you know, some kind of like criminal organization. Um, they're always like these hyper cartoonish bad guys, and I fucking love it. Um,
2: I I always preferred Escape to L.A. with Bruce
0: Campbell as um the
2: (laughs) uh plastic surgeon, like the underground plastic surgeon.
0: (laughs) I also love the uh. The, the little piece of trivia where the first time that Kurt Russell had him on set, he looked at Bruce Campbell and said, say Workshed. Because <laughs> from Evil <laughs> yeah. Dead, there's, there's that awful dubbed line of Workshed. <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I love th- those types of films. I don't know what it is. And maybe it's because it's so unbelievable that, like, the violence doesn't hit me in the same way that, like, say, a movie like The History of Violence where that violence is very believable and realistic and it's off-putting to me. Like it kind of, it kind of turns my stomach a little bit and movies like that where the violence is uh, too believable and like the setting and the tone of the movie is very believable and not over the top. The violence can get to me. Um, And I've said that before on on, on certain movies, like the human on human violence, like we're going to see that coming up this month uh, with the green room. Where the violence in that movie is just, it's disturbing because it's believable. Whereas the violence in this movie is like a fucking cartoon and it's glorious. (laughs) For
2: the first time in my life, I had to stop watching a movie after 20 minutes and I couldn't finish it for that exact reason this week. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's the first time I've always, I've always pushed through and I've Mm -hmm. regretted it. I've always pushed through and regretted it on some movies, but this was the first time that I was like, you know what? I don't need to see this whole movie. I can get Mm -hmm. 20 minutes in, say, no, thank (laughs) you. Turn it off. And guess what? It's all right. It's
0: okay. I'm just curious. What, what movie was it?
2: If you don't mind my asking. Yeah, the house that Jack built with Matt Dillon. Oh, okay. I have not watched that for that very reason. Whew. And then its first recommendation was one of the movies that I
0: regretted watching. <laughs>
2: That's what yep. was recommended after <laughs> watching that. I was like,
0: oh man. Well, you saw my reaction when we uh, when we used to do our little horror movie night back in the day, and um, I had said I had never seen *I Spit on Your Grave*, and you you mm-hmm. showed me that movie, and you saw my reaction to that. Like I had to keep stopping the movie cuz yeah. i was just like it's i mean i again i appreciate that movie for what it did the effects are great the story is solid i understand why it's a beloved horror horror classic but it just got under my skin and it made me feel so fucking uncomfortable and there's there's certain films like that where the violence just gets to you. And and yeah, I have heard that with the House of Jack i that's the whole reason I haven't watched it. Even though I've heard it's a good movie. I'm just yeah. like,
2: I don't I, know that I can my do list, it. Like for a while. And then finally, like I kept on seeing more and more people talking about like, oh, you gotta watch it a second time. And I'm like, all right, and I can't even get through the first.
0: <laughs> like, right. <so> <laughs> I, I've always said movies should not be an endurance test. And if if you feel like you're too uncomfortable or you're too fucking bored it's time to turn it off you know it's just it's like uh, i think stephen king said it where he's like life's too short to read bad books and um he said that what he does is he'll read uh if you don't grab him in the first three chapters he's done so he's like, you know, you have three chapters to get my attention. If you don't get it in that three chapters, I'm putting the book down and picking up another one. Um, and I, I feel the same with movies. Like, you know, you can push an audience too far or ask an audience to wait too long and lose them. And uh, for me, it's not worth continuing if it's like that. <laughs> the only way I do is on this show where I'm like, oh, God, how much longer? Um <laughs> Because Lord knows we've all had those movies on this list <laughs> But uh, but yeah, let's, let's jump into the cast here This fucking amazing cast we have So we have uh, Fred Paris played by Stephen Lang Obviously we mentioned he was in the Don't Breathe movies Avatar 1 and 2, uh, Manhunter, Tombstone Project He's in a lot of movies uh, Then we have Walter Reed played by one of my personal favorites, William Sadler Obviously he's the Grim Reaper in Bill and Ted 2 and 3 uh, was in Freak, Shawshank Redemption, The Mist, The Green Mile, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. Um, he was in two Tales from the Crypt episodes, The Man Who Was Death and The Assassin. Um, he's just, he's a great actor. I love him in everything I see him in. Then we have Abe Hawkins, played by Fred Williamson. Uh, he was in the original Inglorious Bastards a shitload of movies that i'm not going to name the names of here but he was in a ton of black exploitation movies in the 60s and 70s um that uh I, I should not be saying the name of let's just put it that way just look at his imdb the dude's in a lot of movies um he was in vigilante uh 1990 the bronx warriors which i recently re-watched and it's just as awesome as i remember it um He was in uh, Warriors of the Wasteland, From Dusk Till Dawn, which is where most people will probably remember him from. And, of course, you can't forget Children of the Corn Five, Fields of Terror. (laughs) Now, there's a franchise I don't think we're going to do all the episodes for, Maurice. (laughs) No. We did part one. I think that's all we need to do. Um, Then we have Lou Clayton, played by Martin Cove, who we would know from, obviously, the Karate Kid movies. He's the, the head of Cobra Kai and Cobra Kai. Um, he was in Death Race 2000, Rambo, First Blood Part 2, Tales from the Crypt, Halfway Horrible, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood And we have Doug McCarthy, played by David Patrick Kelly, who I immediately think of Dreamscape That's the first movie that always comes to mind, followed quickly by the Warriors um, He was also in 48 Hours, uh, Tales from the Dark Side, Beverly Hills Cop, Commando, Twin Peaks, The Crow, and John Wick 1 and 2 then we have Thomas Zabrinski, played by George Wendt, who we would know as Norm from Cheers, but he was also in Dreamscape, House, uh, Tales from the Crypt of the Reluctant Vampire, a great episode of Masters of Horror called Family, and uh, Bliss, which is another movie that our director here did. And I really need to watch that movie. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Maurice, you, you said Bliss was pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I need to watch that soon, because I really like this guy's movies. I started um, it it's it's been on my list forever and like after looking through the credits on for this episode i was like damn it so many people are in bliss i need to rewatch. i need to actually sit down and watch this movie um but then we have sean mason played by tom williamson he was in criminal minds the goldbergs and ncis along with a bunch of other like one-off tv shows uh then we have what's that
2: is that fred's son
1: I don't know.
2: I was that, wondering. I, I, I saw
1: the name. I'm wondering if it is his son.
2: Yeah. Oh, Cause that. the chemistry between them too. Like there's a few moments there
0: where it's like, yeah, I could see that. That's a good, huh. I'm going to have to look into that. I didn't see that in the trivia, but I, I'm going to, I'll have to poke around after the episode and see if I can find anything. Cause I, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, he could be, yeah. I, I didn't yeah. notice the name connection. Um, But then we have Lizard played by Sierra McCormick. She was in Supernatural, Criminal Minds, American Horror Stories, and We Need to Do Something. Uh, Then Boz played by Travis Hammer, which what a name, Travis Hammer. (laughs) But he was in uh, Criminal Minds, True Detective, American Horror Story, Westworld, and Twin Peaks. Uh, then we have gutter played by dora madison uh she was in dexter chicago fire bliss and christmas bloody christmas she was the one that uh gets killed while she's getting it um (laughs) if anyone remembers that episode uh then we have tank played by josh josh ether uh he was in contracted holliston almost human we are still here tales of halloween holidays beyond the gates Xx Mayhem, Leatherface, Bliss, Christmas, Bloody Christmas. This guy is in a shitload of horror movies. <laughs> and he's in a lot of good horror movies, too. Um, then we have, uh, last but not least, Roadie played by Graham Skipper, uh, who is in Almost Human, Tales of Halloween, Carnage Park, Beyond the Gates, Bliss, and Scare Package 2, Red Chad's Revenge. <laughs> Which I would love to get on this show. We watched the first one, yeah. and it was hilarious. And the second one is just as funny. I'd be on that. Oh, totally. We'd have to get you and Omey on here, because Omey was yeah. on the first one. Oh, that would be so fun. <laughs> but for anyone that has not seen this and is wondering what the fuck we're talking about, uh, the movie is basically, it's a, a group of old war veterans put their lives on the line to defend a young woman taking shelter in their local VFW, who's running from a deranged drug dealer and his relentless army of drug-addled zombies. So it's a it's a pretty great siege film. Um, that's another type of horror movie that I really like: the siege movie, mm-hmm. where where people have to like hold up and like whatever the the enemy forces, whether it be people or demons or zombies or whatever, are trying to get in at them wherever they're hiding. Those are always very tense and fun movies. Yeah, Precinct Thirteen. Exactly. I always think of that movie uh, and uh, Demons 2, where they're in the fucking ho- uh, the oh, apartment yeah. high rise. How uh, yeah. Evil, Evil Dead Rise was kind of like that, too. But yeah. uh, so we, we open with a text crawl that says, as America's opioid crisis worsens, addicts turn to a new drug. Uh, hi- I'm going to say this wrong. Hil- uh, hilo- uh, um Street name Hype. Cities become war zones. Neighborhoods crumble. Law enforcement retreats. With dealers struggling to meet demand, the hypers, as they refer to the, the drug addicts, resort to any means necessary to get their fix. Uh, we cut in on the drug den that we will see throughout the movie. It's an old theater where we meet Boz, the leader of the, the little gang here. Um, the, the place is just filled with drug addled crazy people. Uh his brother Roadie comes into the room, followed by an addict who is quickly murdered by Gutter, who is like Boz's uh right-hand lady, you know, his gal Friday. Uh, she fucking does the the Tom Savini machete to the head from Dawn of the Dead shop. <laughs> and just fucking wrecks this guy. She's but, my uh, favorite. Oh, she's a badass. Like she's scared. And her death is
2: my favorite too. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's it's a great death. Honestly. Oh, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to give away everybody else's death, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a, uh, there's one death that I really like because it hits me so hard. Um, but so Rhodey comes into the room and explains to Boz that they finally found a buyer for basically their entire stock. It's uh 500,000 and then they can get the fuck out of there. So Boz tells Rhodey that, or I'm sorry, Rhodey tells Boz that the deal will happen in 18 hours. Boz tells him to unload everything and then they'll get the fuck out of town. Rhodey and Tank leave to get things ready. Um, so we see Boz walk out to the uh, to this like, kind of like balcony that overlooks the ground floor where all the hypers are like beating the shit out of each other and you know, like laying around burning barrels. <laughs> like it's just, it's kind of scary. Looking, it looks like hell down there. And um, this, this hyper named Lucy comes up to him. She's got scars all over her face. That's the other thing about doing this drug is everyone who does it has, like, these red lines going all over their face. So they look like zombies, too. Like, it's a cool makeup effect. But uh, she comes up to him wanting a fix, and he holds up a vial of the hype and tells her, like, you want this? And she nods, and he throws it over the railing to the ground below, and he goes, well, then go get it. And she looks at him and looks down at the hype, climbs up on the balcony, and jumps And uh, right before she hits the ground, like you hear her scream, she fucking splats in a spectacular gush of blood and then we get the fucking title screen. I'm like, damn, what a way to open the movie. Two gruesome kills in less than four minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It was insane. But uh, then we, we cut and we meet we meet some of our main characters. So we meet uh, Fred Paris. He's driving to work at the VFW. it says Friday, 3.55 p.m. Uh, this is happening while the opening credits play. So he goes, he picks up his friend Abe Hawkins, and then they continue on, you know, their way to the VFW. And there's a lot of great dialogue. Like I, I was saying at the start of this, like I wrote down so much dialogue. I'm not going to go through it all because I want to keep things moving. But um There's just a lot of, we always complain about the quote unquote, I like cheese dialogue where people just talk to fill time. Everything these guys say is interesting. They're talking about how, like first Abe is teasing uh, Fred about his his shitty truck, which is going to play a role multiple times throughout this movie. Whereas, you know, Fred's defending his truck and being like, don't talk bad about my truck. Like they're arguing back and forth. And he's like it's old but it's still running and then abe's like yeah like us you know so we get this (laughs) whole great back and forth and then we see how run down the neighborhood is where they are and uh abe makes a comment about how it not it didn't used to always be like this and how like it's really gone downhill so it's just in this this little bit of dialogue and they they cover so much like storytelling and I, i really appreciate that about this film but we did talk about that on christmas bloody christmas that even though there was a lot of i like cheese dialogue it was all interesting dialogue um which hey if you gotta pad your runtime with talking at least make it interesting but um so they they eventually get to the vfw and we see right across the street for them is the drug den that we saw earlier so the rundown theater which did you guys notice the brain scan poster hanging Mm -hmm. out front (laughs) Oh, no, I missed that. I was like, hey, it's the Eddie Furlong movie we covered. <laughs> and also on the marquee, uh, Bliss is one of the movies up there. But uh, so they, they get out of the truck. And I love this because Fred hits the back of the truck and we just see William Sadler pop up. This is, uh, um, was it Walter? I said his name earlier. Well, Walter. We're just going to keep calling him Walter throughout the movie. But he pops up and he's like, <laughs> he goes, Uh, he goes, oh, I had this crazy dream where you were hitting every pothole in the city. And Fred goes, that was no dream. And Walter goes, that was (laughs) deliberate. He goes (laughs) deliberate. Where are you from? I I love their back and forth. It's fantastic. So they head inside and get the place opened up. Fred goes out back, takes a swig from his flask, and we look across the parking lot and see an old military transport truck, an M939, uh, with an M60 attached to the cab. I was a little disappointed that the M60 does not come back into play, but we knew that truck was going to come into play the moment we saw it. (laughs) You know, it's like they would not have focused on that fucking thing if that's not Chekhov's truck. So Fred heads back inside and uh, gets behind the bar as Walter and Abe sit down. They all share a drink and watch an old staticky aerobics tape on a shitty TV. There's just, again, more fantastic dialogue between these three old dudes. Where it's just like they're talking about being old and how nothing works anymore. And Walter makes a comment about needing blue pills to get hard. (laughs) Like, Walter's the dirty old man throughout this movie. (laughs) Uh, But we cut over to the theater across the street where we see a young girl. This is Lizard uh, searching amongst the hypers in the crowd. She eventually finds Lucy lying dead on the floor. Clearly, this is someone that she was looking for and she's absolutely gutted when she sees her. Um, So you can tell like, okay, they have a relationship. Um, She she looks up in the balcony and sees Boz watching the room. She looks at him with pure hate in her eyes. So we, we know something's gonna happen between the two of them. Back over at the VFW, we see the place is now filled with a bunch of colorful characters like Tom, Lou, and Doug. Uh, this is VFW post 2494, and it says Friday, 630 p.m. So we kind of find out each of the main characters here. Like, we f- we kind of feel them out just by their dialogue. So we see that Doug is the, uh, the old pothead using medical marijuana. <laughs> Uh, Lou is the, he's the salesman. He's a used car salesman. He's, uh, he's got the suit on and he's talking a lot of game constantly. Uh, we got Walter, who's the pervert. <laughs> and then <laughs> Thomas and Abe are old booze hounds. And Fred is the straight man. Like Fred's kind of the leader of the group. Uh, they all tease Fred about it being his birthday, but he fires back at them. If any one of them continue to remind him about his birthday, he'll remind them about their tabs. <laughs> 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 so... Back at the theater, we see Lizard sneaking upstairs where she eavesdrops on a conversation between Boz and Tank. Uh, Tank is concerned that Rody is full of shit, considering the buyers are offering twice what the drugs are worth. Boz puts the drugs in a safe and tells Tank to let him worry about his brother and that, they have, that, that his job is to clear out all the hypers from the building. They don't want them fucking up the deal. Back at the VFW, a new guy comes in as the old men reminisce about their old times. This is Sean. Uh, he's a he basically a young veteran. And um, they check, you know, Abe is giving him a hard time. He's like, "Yeah, oh, check his ID, check his ID. <laughs> so they check his ID, sure as shit. It's, you know, he's a real veteran. So then Walter tells him, uh, you know, get a drink. Basically no one pays on their first day. So then Walter goes on talking about this story about him and fred when they were over in vietnam and he tells him that fred pissed him off and he ends up knocking him out he goes i knocked him out cold he goes and then i realized he outranked me by about five ranks and i'm about to get (laughs) (laughs) court-martialed but instead fred gets up checks his jaw and goes do you like american (laughs) poontang and he took walter to the uso show that night after a few more, or after uh, after the U.S.O. show, he makes a few calls and gets Walter in his unit. So the the two have been friends ever since. Um, but then he goes on to say, like how you know, when they came back from from the war, they kicked around the town for a while, doing odd jobs, and then decided this wasn't for them, and they went they've enlisted and went back in for another tour. Walter says that you know if that was enough for him. He did two tours and he was out. He goes, but this motherfucker. He said Fred did five tours like he couldn't he couldn't stop. He just kept going back. So we 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 hear here that uh, that Fred is basically a fucking badass and he'll prove it later. (laughs) (laughs) But the whole story culminates with Walter explaining that the woman that they saw that night at the USO show had some kids and one of those kids followed in her mama's footsteps and is stripping at a nearby strip club that night. So they're all going to go there to celebrate Fred's birthday, which is really kind of creepy when you think about it. (laughs) It's like, Hey, we saw your mama's titties. Now we want to see yours. That's weird. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, then there's this fucking hilarious conversation where Abe is looking at a picture of the girl and he complains that she's, shaven down there he goes <laughs> oh my he god goes, that's too- <laughs> <laughs> he goes she ain't got no hair on her pussy and they go <laughs> what and he goes i like hair he goes i like pussy hair And then she goes what gives her the right to shave all her pussy hair like that and a our friend just goes it's her pussy <laughs> <laughs> which cracked me the fuck up and then tom goes i want to know how they get it so smooth it's like an ice luge and then Sean goes lasers, and Doug goes Moonraker, blasting cut hairs from outer space. Pew pew pew, dude! I had to pause the movie. I was laughing so fucking hard. I was like, "Holy shit, this is fantastic!" But you need just to that... keep
2: going. You need to say then what Abe said about that it gets stuck in
0: tooth. Oh yeah,
2: it's right. for that. Yep.
0: <laughs> he goes, "I." He goes, "I used to buy toothpicks by the gross." because he liked to (laughs) pick the pussy hair out of his teeth (laughs) oh my god you know this reminded me of the conversation in sling blade where there was like the one inmate who was going on about when he sees a woman with hairy arms he gets excited because he knows she's gonna have a real hairy pussy (laughs) and like that's all i could think about when abe was going off on his little pussy diatribe (laughs) (laughs) Oh my lord, but just then all the lights go out and the guys complain about what a rundown shithole Fred has here. (laughs) Back at the theater, Lizard waits for the guys to leave the room. She sneaks in and steals all the drugs from the safe, while Boz and his boys are distracted by the hypers. Um, Boz tells his crew that the whole place is fucked, so he's going to grab the drugs and they'll get out of there. He goes back to the room with the safe and finds the drugs missing and freaks the fuck out. Lizard tries to run out of the room, but Boz not only sees her and recognizes her, but starts shooting at her. So he has no problems killing her if he if he can. Lizard luckily escapes. Um, and then we cut back over to the VFW where Fred tells the guys that they got to wrap it up early tonight because the power is shot and he can't get it fixed. They bust his balls again about the place being a dump and they all have a good laugh. Back at the theater... Boz gets on the PA and tells the entire building full of hypers that Lizard stole their fix. And whoever brings her to him, he'll make sure they get all the drugs they could ever want. Gutter tells Boz that the hypers are useless, and he tells her not to underestimate them, saying an army of brain-dead animals is still an army. Smash cut to Lizard running through the building, being chased by a terrifying group of, like, fucking (laughs) zombie-like addicts wielding sledgehammers and axes i was like holy shit that escalated quick um she escapes but barely back over at the vfw we see doug standing outside smoking a joint he sees lizard being chased by rhodi and tank and he comes inside to try to tell the others about what he saw but lizard comes running in right behind him and bowls him over rhodi follows tackles lizard to the ground doug turns and tank comes in and hits him with an axe cutting, like, basically almost cutting his arm off. He cuts him in the shoulder. Fred wastes no time and grabs his shotgun and blows Rhodey's head clean off. Fucking spectacular shot. Like, you just see the head just pop. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Very Dawn of the Dead, just like, boom. Um, tank throws his axe at Fred, but because Fred's a fucking badass, he catches it. He then reloads his gun and shoots at Tank as Tank hightails with the fuck out of there. Fred and the others get dug up off the floor and onto the counter so they can attempt to keep him awake and get a tourniquet on him. Uh, They tell Sean to close the door, but right as he goes over, a few hypers come in and start fighting. The guys dispatch them pretty quickly. Fred chops one to death with the axe, while Sean and Walter beat the fuck out of the other guy until he's on the ground. And then Walter stomps his head into pudding. Like, (laughs) it was just like, Jesus Christ, these guys ain't fucking around. These old men, they're like, what's that? It's so brutal. Oh, it was, it mm-hmm. was fantastic. It was like, he just kept stomping and it was just squishing and squishy. <laughs> so cool. But this is what I talk about when I was saying at the top that the, the blood is just spectacular and entertaining because it is so over the top. Like you can't take it seriously. Right. But, you know, and then, and it's, I, I personally, I think that's fun. You know, it's like, if you're going to give me gore, go crazy with the gore and just make it almost comical. but um, So they uh, after, after they you know, kill these guys, they check the doors. Uh, one of the hypers tries to breach the front, uh, the front door and gets his arm cho- chopped off courtesy of Fred. Meanwhile, Sean looks out back and sees a huge gr- group of hypers running toward the building. They lock everything up and try to figure out what the fuck to do. This whole time, Lou, the, Lou almost seems to be in shock. Like, he's looking down at his jacket going, I, I got blood all over my suit. I got, I got blood on me. Like, Lou slowly loses it throughout this film. Um, after a few moments, they look up back outside and don't see anyone left. So Tom tells him he's going to go out front, pull his car around, and then they're going to get dug to the hospital and then go eat. I like how he's just like, I'm hungry. This is a crazy ordeal. Let's get some grub.
1: Go eat <laughs> and then go to the strip club.
0: Yeah, they, they yep. never stop wanting to go to that strip club. <laughs> nope (laughs) it's a shame we never got to see it i know right it's like all these poor guys just wanted to see some young titties and they never got to (laughs) (laughs) but so tom goes out and is rushed by gutter and a bunch of hypers gutter chops him in the neck killing him fred shoots at them and they scatter except gutter who points her machete at them and starts walking toward the door they get inside and slam it shut fred tells the others that tom is dead Lou starts freaking the fuck out. Walter and the others tell him to calm down. Fred takes charge and tells each guy what to do, saying that they need to barricade the doors, keep Doug awake, and keep pressure on his wound, and he's going to go get his truck so they can escape. The group gets busy battening down the hatches while Fred goes out, or gets ready to go out. Walter tells Fred that he doesn't have to do this, that that's not their only option, pointing out that they can push the girl back outside, give him what they want, and they'll leave him alone. Fred looks at him and says, is that the kind of man you want to be, Walter? And then Walter just kind of hangs his head in shame and follows Fred's lead. Um, Fred goes outside and stops momentarily to say goodbye to Tom and takes his dog tags from him. He gets in his truck, but before he can start it, Gutter smashes through the back window, grabbing him and holding a machete to his throat. Uh, While he struggles against her, she tells him, give it back. He says he has no clue what she's talking about, and she says, then you die. He, she goes to slice his throat, and he grabs his keys and stabs her in the neck, forcing her to retreat. I was like, damn, this dude's a badass. I love it. But Fred gets out of the truck looking for a fight, but she's gone. <clears throat> he then turns, and boom, there's a crazy hyper coming right at him with a knife. Walter <laughs> blows his head off. <laughs> Which, again, second head explosion. Beautiful.
1: Oh, it's great. The, the head explosions are great.
0: Oh, they're so good Again they remind me so much of the Dawn of the Dead Head explosion Because it's just that like Almost overinflated balloon filled with gore That's just like pop <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> So good and So Walter runs over to make sure Fred's okay And when they turn They see a group of hypers ready to attack him Suddenly each of their faces explode As Sean shoots them all in the back of the head It's just like Yes yeah, so much head explosions <laughs> But Sean tells him to get back inside That these freaks are crawling all over the place And then they see a mob of hypers come running at them So the guys get back in Inside Fred uh, Fred thanks Sean for the insistence And decides it's time for the girl to talk Lou is freaking out wanting to know Where the fuck the cops are Saying why aren't they coming Surely they heard the gunshots And I like this line because Walter laughs it off Telling him in this neighborhood Gunshots are like crickets It's just background noise That's sad how true that actually is yeah, mm-hmm, like uh-huh. reese i know you can you can attest to this too because you you live downtown for a while we both worked downtown for a while how often do you hear fucking gunshot down there yeah you know and it's like I, it's way too frequent i i remember growing up on 22nd street me and my brother would hear it all the time and we'd just be laying in bed just like "Well, no, shit there's a gunshot you know yeah. <laughs> it's like it's sad that that's that's how a lot that's a lot of cities but uh Fred tries to find out what the fuck is going on by talking to Lizard, uh, but she doesn't want to say much. She tells him her name, and that's about it. He tells her that he was attacked in the parking lot, and a woman said, give it back. Not give her back or give Lizard back, but give it back. What does that mean? Lizard refuses to answer. Fred asks the others if any of them saw if she was carrying something when she came in, but no one saw anything. At this point, Lou has had enough and wants to throw her to the wolves, saying, "You may have a merc- you may still have that merciful shit in you, but I don't." And he he like basically kicks the chair out from under her and throws it to the ground, telling her that if she doesn't start talking, he's going to lace into her. Fred tries to calm him down, saying, "You know, you're not going to hit anyone." And Lou yanks Fred's beanie cap over his face, and I love it. Fred just instinct instinctively punches Lou in the face. <laughs> It was like the greatest
2: punch ever. It was so quick. The second he pulled it over his eyes, he's like, bam,
0: <laughs> right in the fucking nose. Just
1: like... Yeah. And he connected.
0: <laughs> and, and he's I... like, oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> now go, now go wash yourself up. <laughs>
0: yeah. Exactly. He's like, he's like, sorry, sorry. He's like, Lou, Lou, you did it to yourself, Lou. Cause <laughs> you're a fault. Yeah. And he looks yeah. at everyone else and goes, it's his fault. And I love it. Cause Walter and everyone else is just like, yeah, yep. His fault. <laughs> so lou goes to the bathroom to clean himself up and he looks at some old photos hanging on the wall and he comments that's when you were good fred and he sees like a young picture of fred he then uh was i'm sorry he then you know finishes taking a leak and goes to flush the toilet but the toilet won't work he pulls the lid off the tank and finds lizard's backpack across the street tank and gutter go back to give boz an update they tell him that they killed uh, they killed one of the guys, but they couldn't get inside. He asks where Roadie is, and they tell him that he's dead. The that the bartender shot him. Boz looks over at the VFW and goes, "What's the fu- what the fuck is that?" And Gutter goes, "Veterans of Foreign Wars." And Boz goes, "Good soldiers are good at dying." So it's like, uh-oh. But, uh oh. But back over at the VFW, Lou brings out his uh, the backpack full of drugs and shows it to the others. So now they see what this is all about. Lizard tells them that Boz killed his, killed her sister, and she stole the drugs because that's all he has in this whole world. Lou suggests that they give back the drugs, then this nightmare will be over, and they can go to the titty bar where they belong. <laughs> and Lizard goes on to tell him that it won't be that easy because the guy that they killed, Rhody, that was Boz's little brother, and he'll want revenge. He won't stop until every one of them are dead. Tempers get flared as they discuss what to do and Fred calms them all down by telling them we were all we were all good soldiers once, damn good ones. Now it's time to act like that again. Fred tells them that they're going to take a stand. Walter says, remember the Alamo? And Abe goes, yeah, but they all died at the Alamo. <laughs> I love it. Doug, who's <laughs> been quiet this whole time, just bleeding out goes, you dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking dialogue is so damn good in this movie. But the group checks their ammo and they find that they got nine rounds for the 12 gauge, three rounds for the 45, and a big fucking fire axe. Clearly, that's not enough weapons. And we get the mandatory arming up montage because you got to have a montage. Um, basically, they make a bunch of homebrew weapons, like uh, tennis ball grenades that they can make with like. What were they putting in that? The grenades were they, or in the tennis balls? Were they putting gunpowder?
1: I think so. I don't so. know.
0: Because hey, I know they were putting the, all the, the uh, uh, kitchen matches in there to light it up. Yeah. But I was like, what made it explode? I didn't see what they added to it. Because um, when they finally use one, it, it blows up. Um, but, you know, they're doing stuff like uh, Walter takes a, a, a bar stool leg off and puts nails through it. So he's got a stick with, a, with nails in it. Um, they, they sharpen a bunch of pool cues and, like, hook it up to a, a big beer keg. And then hold that up on the ceiling, kind of like one of those swinging log traps. Um, they barricade the doors. You know, they got sharpened uh, hockey stick. <laughs> they just—they're like ready, ready to kill these guys with whatever they got. Um, but I love this scene where they—they they give uh, Frank, or Frank, Jesus, Fred gives Doug the shotgun and says, "Can you handle this?" And he goes, "They didn't get my trigger finger," and he's just like moving his one finger. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so once they, they, you know, they get everything ready, we get this the quiet before the storm where Fred and Lizard talk. She asks him about this place and he explains that it's like it's a home for guys like him. He explains that when they got back from Nam, they all just kind of washed up there. Tells her that there used to be a lot more of them, a whole lot more. And then he, he looks around and then he just kind of shrugs like, you know, death comes for us all kind of thing. Cut outside, we see a mob of hypers rushing the VFW, and they begin beating on the doors, and the men ready themselves inside. Now, I like how Tank just walks through the crowd of hypers and grabs one of them to use his head as a battering ram. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he literally just murders this guy in front of all the other hypers. Like, your face will do, and just starts pounding it against the door. The hypers break in. And now we get this glorious bloody fight sequence where the vets just fucking wreck these fools. Like there is so much like gore <laughs> in this scene. And I know I keep saying that, but Jesus Christ, it is <clears throat> everywhere. A lot. Mm. Like people are getting their heads chopped off, getting their eyes gouged out, fucking getting stabbed with shit, getting blown up, like shot in the face. There's just It's just blood and viscera everywhere. I was like, damn, it's crazy. But the vets do take some lumps, but overall they kill the fuck out of the hypers. (laughs) But before they can celebrate, in comes Tank and begins beating the shit out of everybody. Doug shoots Tank in the shoulder, then Lizard jumps on his back like a fucking howler monkey and starts stabbing the shit out of him with a corkscrew. Fucking beautiful. Chef's kiss. (laughs) Because she just, like, the way she goes, it's not your traditional, like, movie attack <clears throat> where she jumps on him and then, like, stabs him and they're fighting. No, she jumps him. She's oh. just screaming and repeatedly fucking stabbing him. Like, you just get arcs of blood shooting everywhere. I was like, damn. <laughs> so good. But Sean then grabs Tank and repeatedly knees him in the face until he caves his fucking skull in. Back at the theater, Gutter comments that it's taking too long, and Boz realizes that they must have killed Tank. Gutter points out that it's almost dawn, and if they don't get the ship back, everything is over. Boz hands his keys over to the hypers and tells them to load up. Back at the VFW, the guys get back to barricading things while Fred pours a drink to calm his nerves. This scene is kind of sad, because like, you see him trying to pour, and he just can't steady his hands. So it's like, clearly he's like full of adrenaline and freaked out. But uh, we get this really sad moment where Doug is looking not so hot and coughs up some blood. And he tells Fred that he thinks it's time to call the game and wants just one more drink for the road. Fred tells him he'll give him one more drink, but not for the road, but for his birthday. And Doug laughs at him and says, I'm older than you. You got to do what I say. (laughs) And he goes to take a drink of the shot and starts sputtering and coughing. Like... We also get this fun moment with Lou and Walter, where Walter asks Lou what he would do if he had all the money that the drugs are worth. He's like, so what would you do if you had all the money for that? He's like, oh, I'd get us all a nice coffin, the best the money could buy. He's like gilded with gold and tempur foam inside. (laughs) And he says, so we can all be comfortable once we die. And Walter looks at him and goes, you know what, Lou, your foxhole chit-chat needs some fucking work. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so walter tells fred abe and sean that lou is about two seconds from going off the deep end just then we hear lizard screaming for help and they find abe and lizard wrestling with lou who's trying to take the bag of drugs away from them he wants to take it over to Boz and negotiate a way out of this mess he is a businessman after all uh, he tells Fred to let him go, and, and to let, I'm sorry, he, he tells Fred to let him go, to let him do what the rest of them can't, to talk their, talk their way out of this. Fred explains to Lou that the drugs are the only thing keeping them alive. He said, if they get rid of the drugs, they'll just torch the whole place and burn them alive. Lou realizes he's right, and lets go of the bag. Fred and the others breathe a sigh of relief, but then before they can relax too hard, uh, Lou pushes his way out of the barricade And runs out the front door without the drugs Still determined to talk his way out of this The others scream for him to come back But he ignores him Cut over to Buzz and Gutter Watching uh, as Lou approaches from across the street Now as he's walking over We're seeing more and more How unhinged Lou has become Because he's like talking to himself And like trying to figure out what his speech is And he's kind of giggling And it's like ah oh, shit he's lost it mm-hmm. So he goes to Buzz <laughs> boz and gutter and tells him that he's unarmed he just wants to talk so they agree and listen uh lou tells him he wants to make a deal he'll give him back the drugs and everyone just goes their separate ways boz tells him that that's an intriguing offer but ultimately unacceptable as the only way to end this is with them getting their drugs back and lou and each of his friends dying a horrible death lou tries again telling boz that he wants to be frank with him saying you know fred over there he's gone a bit nuts you know he still thinks he's leading a platoon in the jungles and uh boz goes oh so he's the one in charge not you and lou's like oh well, well no I, I you know i i got my weight to throw around over there too he's like i got some authority so at this point you know boz doesn't want to listen to anything else he's got to say <laughs> they knock lou over and call out fred telling him that if they don't give him back the drugs drugs and the girl then lou dies Fred grabs, a, the, 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 Fred grabs a brick of the drugs In spite of his friends telling him not to go out there Because they'll kill him Fred goes outside with the brick of hype And tells Boz you let go of Lou And I'll give you your drugs Boz says fuck it and orders the hypers to kill Lou Lou though He doesn't go down easily He, t- he takes several of them out he, co- he gets up and starts fighting He kills several of the hypers And then Lou gets shot to death by Boz Right in front of Fred
1: He takes up more
0: than I ever could. Oh, fuck. Yeah. He kills like five of them. (laughs) And like Lou was like, again, all of these dudes are badasses. Lou was on his knees about to be murdered. And then he just jumps up and starts wailing on these fuckers and kills them. Yep. But, uh, unfortunately Lou ultimately dies. Fred screams and Boz turns to, to Fred and shoots him in the leg. Fred stumbles back inside wounded and the guys patch him up with duct tape. The bandage of all horror movies. Because <laughs> how many <laughs> horror movies have you seen a bullet wound patched up with duct tape? mm mm-hmm. <laughs> It works. Uh, exactly. Duct tape <laughs> or super glue. Those are, those are the go-tos. That super glue actually does work. I, u- I actually use that on cuts. <laughs> but uh, the group qu- quietly mourns Lou. Suddenly they they hear a bottle drop And look over and see that Doug is lying there Motionless and pale Sean checks his vitals and finds that he's dead Fred picks up the bottle And said if he's going into the abyss He's going in with a buzz He tells Doug that he'll see him down the road And he goes to drown his sorrows While the others just look lost Lizard finds Fred alone in the bathroom And yanks the bottle from his hand Telling him that she wants to live And that they all want to live And they need him sober and together Not drunk He tells her this is about as together as he's going to get. She reminds him that he had a way out of this, that he chose to fight, that he asked for this fight. And she goes, and your friends followed you because they believed in you. And now, now you're just a pussy. Fred looks at her and says, some mouth you got on you, girl. Did you get that from your dead sister, too? She hands him back the bottle and tells him, if you want to drink yourself to death, go right the fuck ahead and slams the door walking out. When she slams the door, one of the pictures falls off the wall and Fred picks it up and looks at him, looking at at basically himself and his old friends. Across the street, the hypers are gearing up with assorted weapons and power tools ready to attack the VFW. Now, I mentioned this in uh, High Tension, that it's rare that we see a cement saw in a horror movie and they're fucking terrifying. (laughs) And we see a hyper wielding a cement saw and I'm like, oh, fuck. (laughs) <laughs> like, don't get me wrong Chainsaws are equally terrifying But cement saws just seem so much like, I don't know, so much angrier <laughs> They creep me out But Back in the VFW, the men are losing hope And arguing Fred comes out of the bathroom and tells them to all fall in The men listen to him immediately And he tells them, let's go The group uh, gather themselves again Ready for the fight and to die if need be Outside the hypers, you set up propane tanks around the doors. Fred peeks out a hole in the door and sees Boz. Boz calmly has a chat with him, telling, uh, telling him that Fred is going to regret every single decision he made tonight. Fred smiles at him and says, you've got it all wrong, son. I don't regret a thing. He goes, I lost my friends. Well, that's not right. You took my friends. But I guess they knew what they signed up for now. I don't regret a thing. Matter of fact, right about now, I'm feeling real eager. So whatever you're going to do, quit flapping your gums and do it. But when you come, boy, you come sharp. Because if you make a mistake and he holds up his axe so Boz can see it and he goes, I'm going to cut your fucking heart out. I was like, oh, damn. Shit got real.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He done pissed him off.
0: Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, Stephen Lang is a scary motherfucker when he puts it on. I'm like, shit. (laughs) scary old man. But uh, Fred goes back inside and Sean tells Fred that they're going to blow up that propane tank and blow in the barricade. Fred grabs the drugs and starts pouring booze all over them. I'm sure that's going to become important momentarily. Um, he then tells them to follow his lead, but Abe yanks the, the big knife down off the wall. And uh, it's more like a machete, but he kept calling it a big knife. And he tells the others, a victory isn't a victory if everyone dies. Not in my mind, anyway. He tells Fred that he's taking charge this time and opens one of the bricks of hype and snorts a shitload of it. Abe twitches, and he, you know, he tells him to, uh, that he's taking point, and he goes, get behind the bar, get ready. And he's standing there waiting for the explosion, just kind of twitching. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. The door blows up and knocks in the barricade. In comes Boz and his cronies. Uh, We now get this great standoff moment where Fred and the others line up, line up next to Abe and stare down Boz and his men. It's just, it's just a badass scene. You see the bad guys lining up and the good guys lining up and they're all just staring at each other in slow-mo. After the, uh, uh, after the standoff, there's this great back and forth between Boz and Fred, where they kind of just taunt each other, talking about Fred's dead friends, and then Fred telling Boz that he really enjoyed killing his little brother. (laughs) 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 Boz eventually tells them that they have two choices give them back the bag of drugs and they die quickly or they can take the bag of drugs and they all die slowly Fred takes out one of the bricks of hype from the bag and throws it into the air Sean shoots it and it erupts down or it, it erupts showering them all with hype and just like that the fight is on some of the hypers start attacking Boz and Gutter because they're covered in hype and they're trying to snort it off of them. Like, it confused me at first what happened there. I'm like, why are the hypers attacking Boz? Oh, they're snorting it off of them. Oh, I thought they were just too stupid. So they're just attacking them, but that makes sense. (laughs) Well, because the the one grabs uh, Gutter's arm and he's like rubbing his nose all over her sleeve and then she fucking hacks him with the machete. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. (laughs) But um this scene is, is again filled with wonderful effect shots. Lots of head trauma with both blades and bullets. <laughs> so Sean shooting motherfuckers in the head, so is Boz. you know, Fred stabbing people with the fucking back of the axe like he does the 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 pointed part of the axe right down on top of someone's skull and we just get this huge arc of blood. Like it's just it's insane. Um, Gutter and Boz fight off the hypers while the vets kill the rest. Walter sees the running cement saw on the ground and picks it up, giggling. <laughs> so, you know, he's going to use that. Um, uh, that he, Fred and, uh, Sean and Lizard head into the next room to try to make their way out of the front of the building. Abe refuses to follow, telling Fred he's got this and stands off against Gutter. The next room is filled with hypers and Walter just takes the saw and fucking mows through them in a spectacular shower of blood and gore. This was very much like the dead alive lawnmower sequence. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's just, he's laughing and sawing and there's just blood just spraying everywhere. It's so good. But uh, while this is going on, Lizard runs back to grab the bag of drugs, but Boz grabs her, while Abe and Gutter are fighting. So no one sees boss getter. Walter chews through the crowd and they make their way outside. Sean realizes that Lizard isn't with them. And I love Fred's reaction here because he's like, oh shit. He's like, all right, I'll go back. And he's hobbling. And Sean's like, you can barely walk. And he goes, Hey, get to the truck with Walter. He goes, keep, you know, watch Walter. And he goes, How many bullets you got? He's like, I'm out. And he hands him his axe and he's like, Take care of Walter. So Walter and, and uh Sean go running out toward toward his truck. And um, Fred hobbles back inside. Outside, Sean and Walter see that the hypers have slashed the tires on Fred's truck, so they won't be able to use it. So Walter points out the M939, and Sean asks, will it run? He goes, it will if I tell it to. Uh, but before they can get in the truck, they get attacked by a bunch more hypers, and we get plenty more gore with the cement saw. <laughs> in the bar, Gutter has Abe down and is ready to kill him. She smiles and asks, are you ready to die, old man? She goes to kill him and gets a flagpole through the gut. Fred yanks it out, and as she falls back, he then impales her head with the fucking flagpole. Bye-bye gutter. Such a good kill. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know, Sam, you said that that was your, your favorite, right? Yeah. And it's, it's good because when he, he hits her with the flagpole, he goes right through her mouth and it comes out the back of her skull. And then we get this great POV shot of Fred just smiling and twisting the flag. And it's like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> he wasn't fucking around. So uh, Fred gets uh, gets Abe up and they both sit down at the bar and he starts to pour a drink. But before <laughs> before he could drink his, his shot... He hears Lizard yelling for her, and he sighs, grabs the shark, shotgun off the bar, and tells Abe, "I'll be back." <laughs> and he goes hobble it off to save her. Back outside, Walter gets attacked in the cab of the truck while Sean fights off the uh, fights off the hypers in the back. One of the hypers pins Walter down with a chain around his neck, and another uses a chainsaw on him, cutting into his chest. That scene was fucking brutal, and yeah. it was yeah. honestly fucking scary. Cause like. He's he's the one guy jumps in the window and starts stabbing at him and Walter like jumps back kicking at the guy and then another guy jumps in the other window and wraps a chain around his neck holding him down while a dude jumps up on the hood of the the truck and starts sawing through the window with a chainsaw and it's like it's that buildup of you know that chainsaw's coming in and then it like gets in there and Walter just starts screaming and of course he just gets it right in the chest. It's like fuck brutal. But uh, Sean is able to get the hypers off of him and kill them before they can kill Walter, but just barely. Fred follows Boz as he drags Lizard across the street. Fred can barely move. Like, at this point, he's like, he looks like he's about to pass out. We hear his heart beating. He's wavering. Like, he can can barely move. Back at the truck, Walter tells Sean that he's not going to make it. He goes, this is the end for me. He tells Sean, you're a good kid and a damn good soldier but your orders are to go home and take care of that wife you got. He goes, I got this. So Walter lights one last cigarette and across the street, we see Boz throwing Lizard against a car and puts his gun to her head. He tells her that uh, she's going to be with her sister shortly. Fred raises his shotgun and shoots Boz in the shoulder. Boz spins around and grabs Lizard to use as a human shield. Fred tells him we're not finished. Boz goes, no, I suppose we're not. The whole time here, like I said, Fred is wavering back and forth. Like, we even get a POV shot where we see he can barely keep his shotgun steady. Um, so Fred and Boz are just holding their guns on each other. Across the street, Walter gets, uh, gets the truck running and says, Fred, this is the last time I'm going to bail your ass out. And he guns it straight at him. Lizard slowly takes out Fred's lighter from her pocket, lights it, and drops it into the bag of hype that's covered in alcohol. And the whole thing lights up. Boz immediately starts freaking out, trying to stop it from burning. Lizard runs to Fred. Fred shoots Boz in the stomach as Walter crashes through the gate and rams Boz into the truck, killing Boz and blowing up the truck, killing himself as well. Fred and Lizard watch as they burn. Sean comes over and helps them up. Fred asks what the hell happened with Walter. Sean tells him that one of the hypers got him real bad and he was going to die. Fred almost sheds a tear. He's like, oh, damn it, Walter. Like, he just looks so sad. You know, it's like that That part, I, I I ain't gonna lie, I got a little choked up. Um, So Fred tells Sean, it's about time that they had one more beer for the road, and they head back into the bar. Once inside, they see Abe hunched over the bar. They check on him and find out he's dead. Fred hangs his head and pours some shots and says, at least he died doing something he loved. And Abe goes, who the fuck said I was dead, <laughs> scaring the shit out of the group, <laughs> which like that cracked me up. But then this next moment, this is actually my favorite death scene because Fred toasts to all their fallen friends while he's toasting. We just see Abe's uh, cigar fall out of his mouth as he, he, he does die. And it's, it's so, it's so sad because like every death in this movie is so huge and over the top And then you just see this guy who had put basically put his all into this final fight, and he just gives up the ghost right at the end after they won. And it's just like it's such a poignant death. I really liked it. Um, But Fred looks down and, uh, or as they're toasting and you know Abe dies, they add him to the list. Fred looks down and sees an undamaged brick of hype. He holds it up and asks, "What the hell do you think this is worth?" Lizard tells him enough to fix up this place and then some. Sean smiles and says, happy birthday, old man. Fred laughs. They do a little cheers. They all take their shots. Black screen credits, the end. But wait, there's more. (laughs) After the credits, we see the message to all the brave men and women of the U.S. Armed Forces and to all those that call VFW post 2494 in Irving, Texas, home. Thank you for your service and for your sacrifice. So, that is one part uh that is in the trivia that that vfw was a real working vfw and a lot of the extras in the the bar scene when we see the place packed are actual veterans who go to the, uh, who call that vfw their home so i was like that's really fucking cool yeah it's awesome but my god what a fucking movie guys <laughs> It's so good. Like, I know I sped through a lot. Like I didn't go into a lot of the details that I had written down mainly because like, I want anyone listening to this to sit down and watch this movie. I don't want to ruin all the dialogue. Cause it's, there's so much good dialogue. <laughs> like yeah. I, I, I didn't look up the writer's names. Um, I know it wasn't Joe Bagos who, who wrote this. I know he wrote Christmas, Bloody Christmas, so he definitely has a good penchant for dialogue, but he wasn't the writer on this one. But whoever, like, it, those guys were fucking talented because this, this shit is, ah oh, so good. Like, I could literally put this on right now and watch it again. Um, <clears throat> that's one of the reasons why this was my pick for my birthday is it's one of those movies, much like I've said before with Hobo with a Shotgun, it's just something I can put on again and again and again and never get bored of it, because not only is it visually striking with all the crazy amounts of practical effects, but all the characters are enjoyable. Even the bad guys are great bad guys. Like every character in this movie is just a super enjoyable character. And the dialogue is just mm, chef's kiss. Perfect.
1: The, the, um, the writer is Max Rollier.
0: Now, do you know what else he's done? Because I'm not familiar with.
1: Yeah, that. the only thing he's ever done was the Last Kids on Earth.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, wait that that uh that cartoon. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Well, actually, I did hear that cartoon was good. I haven't watched it, but
1: uh, IMDb wow, has a, uh, a seven point two.
0: Yeah, I bought some of the toys from it because the toys were really cool, <laughs> but uh, I never watched the show. I know Caleb read one of the books that the show is based on. Um that was actually how I found out about the toys cuz he he read one of the books and uh when we went to Ollie's he pointed out the toys. He's like, "Hey, those are from the the book I read." So, you know, I got him some of the toys and I was like, "You know what? I'm going to buy one for myself too. That looks cool." <laughs> I'm going to watch this. There's some good uh Katherine O'Hara voices in it. Mark Hamill.
1: Yeah. Oh Bruce shit. Bruce Samble. Keith David. Oh shit. Okay. Dawson.
0: I'm in. Wow. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this is so good. I mean, I don't know if they're main characters. Oh, there's only a, twenty-two episodes, so I I don't know if it's still going on or. It got, yeah, it only went from nineteen to twenty-one, but yeah, but I don't have to check a, this out. Look that's a the, damn good cast. It's on Netflix. It was on for three seasons.
0: Well, it looks like I got uh, I got something to watch while I have a couple days off coming up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although I did put Bliss at the top of my list, I am going to watch Bliss. Um I think I, I have think no Netflix. Oh no! Uh.
1: <laughs> not, not not to completely go off topic, but if you're gonna watch anything, you should watch Masters of the Universe
0: Revolution. Already did.
1: Oh. Already did. Oh. oh
0: I never I, go- see that.
1: Oh, we're gonna to have to talk
0: after. <laughs> yeah. I mean we're we we won't go into it too much here just for uh for anyone uh who is here specifically for horror, but I will say this. Um me and Hibbard, uh, both you know we we've been gushing about it all week we were waiting for for Omei to watch it and uh, yeah we finally have all three of watched it i'm sure we're going to bring it up on count creepy head but man i loved it i fucking loved it um like sam did you get to watch uh, revelations no i didn't okay. even get
2: to see that either
0: yeah <sighs> we got to find out find a way to get you uh, get you on Netflix for a bit Um, (laughs) it was at my mom's but now they're super strict and they're like oh are you visiting yeah which is that's annoying yeah but I'm telling you a lot of people didn't like Revelations I personally really liked it um I know one of the big complaints with that was that you know He-Man isn't really the main character but I would argue that a lot of the supporting cast are more interesting than He-Man anyway so I really liked what they did with the story. I well, thought let's it was. Be
1: a honest, story. Those people were mad because females were the main characters in that he man.
0: True, true. They're definitely I know there were there was a subsection of fans though that were pissed because it was promised as a continuation of the original <laughs> filmation series, and it clearly wasn't. So I can understand, you know, being disappointed that you were promised one thing and given another. But I will still argue that the story was fantastic, the writing was great, the acting was phenomenal, the animation is gorgeous. Like I, I personally loved it, and I think that uh, you know, revelation or um, was it? Yeah, no. What what is the Re- new one called?
1: Revolution.
0: Revolution. Revolution. I had a total brain fart there. I couldn't think of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, revolution. I. Oh my god, I fucking loved it! And one thing that it made me really want is a shitload of toys. It's <laughs> <I was laughs> like I need some of these characters as toys, <laughs> um, and I'm really, ho- really hoping they do a follow-up because uh, the way it ends, it could, it could be good just there. Like it, it's fine ending the way it ended. Now that it, ending, it's
1: gotta continue.
0: Well, I mean, even if it doesn't, we have endings for most of the story but we do have that one cliffhanger where it's like ah come on give me more <laughs> but yeah no i i highly recommend it sam i think you would really dig both because um yeah. now you watched the remake of, or the redo of she right no i'm so far behind us so. <laughs> oh man see i thought you watched it i think you would really like that one too that was a really good show yeah um and i i shit i'll recommend the cgi he-man throw that in there too the netflix original cgi he-man that was fan- fantastic as well <laughs> but um getting back to vfw for a minute there there's not a lot of trivia um just just a little bit there's a moment where travis tells uh, travis jesus christ travis hammer boz um tells his group to fire it up which is the chant from t-bird which was played by david patrick kelly and his crew in the crow so it was a little nod to the crow um i already mentioned the uh the fact that bliss and brain scan were out in front of the uh out in front of the uh freaking theater um see here I know they're missing one thing. Oh yeah, okay. It's never spoken on screen, but Walter's army jacket uh, and in the end credits indicate that his surname is Reed, um, a reference to the Walter Reed National Military Medical Center, one of the United States' most prominent military hospitals. So I thought that was kind of a cool piece of trivia. I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't notice that. That's cool. <laughs> um, and I already mentioned that the interiors uh, were shot on, you know, a, they in the real VFW um specifically you know post 2494 so but most of the trivia is just stuff like the effects were done practically you know blah 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 there's a lot of stuff like that um i i just can't recommend this movie enough to people like it's one of those rare horror movies that's more action than horror but gets lumped into horror because again it it is a horrific concept and it's extremely gory like very very gory (laughs)
2: That's how I got to watch it last night again. Because I was like, oh, it's an
0: action movie. <laughs> <laughs> you I love mean, action movies. <laughs> now, Travis watched it with you? Yeah. What did he think? Um, He liked it, but he felt it was too dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, there, there are a lot of heartfelt moments between the old vets, so I get it. But now, there's something to me about... I, and I've always liked this. Maybe it's because I watched Death Wish at a very young age, and I definitely should not have been watching Death Wish at a very young age. But um, maybe because I watched that and like Dirty Harry and stuff, I have this this love for the the old man kicking ass kind of stories. Okay. <laughs> so, like, anytime I see one of these movies where it's just like the the grizzled old dude who is like just trying to live his life and then is thrust into this horrible situation. And he just fucking kicks ass and takes names. It always makes me smile. Like I always the Clint enjoy
2: Eastwood the past 15 years. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, there's something about those types of movies that I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy myself with this. So it's like a weird subsection of horror and i and I've mentioned this on the show many times that my favorite genre is comedy horror um i like to I like to laugh i like I like these goofy horror movies. I don't ever want to take things too seriously, and that's one of the things I like about movies like this is while it is a serious story and it is dramatic, as you know even travis said um but it doesn't take itself so seriously that everything is grounded in reality. there's definitely this level. Of just like disbelief, like you you can you can separate yourself from reality with one of these types of movies.
2: It's like video game boss levels.
0: Yeah, that's actually you know what that's a very good way to put it, Sam. Is that it is like video game violence, where like I have like I pointed this out uh, before. Like Caleb loves the call of duty games and like first person shooters. And like, he's been playing like stuff like seven days to die and dead Island since he was like six and seven years old. The kid is used to tons of blood and viscera when it comes to video game violence. The first time he watched creep show with me and we see the scene where um, I forget her name, but the old lady kills her, her dad in father's day where she hits him with the marble ashtray. You don't even see it. You just see the ashtray come up. You see, you hear the clunk and you see his head hit the, the table and the blood come out of his mouth. That scared him so unbelievably bad because it was a real level of violence. And it, it really bothered. I felt horrible because it was the first time that I saw him react that way. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. We can turn this off, buddy. Like it, it really scared him. But then later on, you know, a couple years later, we watched Guns Akimbo and it's this level of like crazy hyper violence that is very much like a video game. And he thought it was fantastic. He's like, this is so much fun. He's like, oh, this is crazy. Like, so there is that disconnect. Uh, and I think video game violence is just the perfect descriptor for it because you you can pull yourself away from reality and say, yeah, it's violent, but it's fake. Whereas when you watch a movie where it's something you could believe happening, like, you know, someone getting clubbed in the back of the head with a blunt object and that killing them, that's a little more realistic and disturbing. So, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I can't, I can't sing this movie's praises enough. Do you you guys have any, any comments or things you want to say about uh, VFW before we start wrapping things up?
2: Mm, Nope. (laughs) Sam, anything? That's amazing. And they, everybody should watch it. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. I think. I think we're all in agreement here that this is just a, a fucking fantastic movie and definitely worth the uh, hour and thirty-two minute runtime. Um, it does. And that's the other thing. It's not a long movie. It doesn't. It's not overindulgent. It gets in, tells you the story it means to tell, and gets the fuck out. And it's fantastic. So but uh so i guess we'll we'll start wrapping things up here uh for anyone that is not following us on social media we are the boogeyman's closet on both facebook and instagram um we do have a patreon it's three dollars a month for all of our unedited episodes and the higher tiers will get you stuff in the mail like artwork and stuff and you'll be able to pick birthday episodes and special episodes which uh for those of you that don't know this episode is not coming out on my actual birthday because i do share it with uh josh strasberg the The host of Raised by Rentals and uh, the the, uh, Professor X of our Rad Pantheon, which I'll get to in a second. Um, He is one of our patrons and his birthday is the same day as mine. So his birthday episode will be coming out on February 3rd. Uh, Well, by the time you hear this, you'll have (laughs) heard, you'll have seen it on the feed. But so this should have come out on February 3rd, but instead of doubling up, we're just going to do his on the 3rd and this will be on the 5th. Um, So definitely check out the feed if you ha- or the social media if you haven't seen it already um and if like i said if you're interested in stuff like that patreon is where you get it Uh, Like I mentioned, Rad Pantheon. We are also part of the Rad Pantheon network, so check out Rad Pantheon on all the socials, as well as RadPantheon.com, where you can find other podcasts like this one, uh, amazing artists and musicians and just rad people doing rad stuff. You got Sam and Travis with their fucking awesome hot sauce that we've sung the praises of time and time again on this show. Uh, I'm actually running low, so I might have to put in a new order pretty soon. (laughs) But... uh, (laughs) Sam, I'm going to toss it over to you. First of all, thank you for joining us in such short notice. Uh, always love having you on here and and you, you're, you're doing us a great favor by joining us for this. And I want to toss it over to you if you want to give any plugs. Yes,
2: thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And um, just search social medias W-N-Y Horror H-O-R-R-O-R and then Crew K-R-U-E as in Freddy Krueger. And um, we have a bunch of events coming up. There's, uh, we're vendoring a show slash taco bar slash wrestling match thing on the um, 15th of March. And then there's another movie event coming up in April. And then a big like horror cookout thing coming in at the end of July, July 27th. That's going to be in Tanawanda. And it's like a picnic slash vendor type thing, uh, meet and greet.
0: Oh, that sounds awesome.
2: So, yeah, that's going to be pretty fun. And that's with uh, Silk Screams who does these amazing t-shirts you should search social medias too for silk screams mm-hmm. not screens but screams and um he takes old like ads for like horror movies and stuff and puts them onto the t-shirts and it's Very pretty awesome cool.
0: yeah you know, we're, we're gonna have to talk off the air so i can get the details because if i can get the night off i'd like to come to that and just kind of check it out that sounds really fun yeah. Yeah. I've
2: been doing a lot of networking, so there's a lot of events coming up and stuff with other vendors and everything.
0: So sweet. Awesome. Yeah. We'll, I, we'll have to chat a little bit more and then we'll get that up on the, on the feed and let people know. Um, yeah. but you're yeah, going at that, you're going to be at that
1: wrestling event on um, the 15th. Yeah. Oh, there's well, a different be...
2: wrestling event on the 14th. This one's at, um, Bucking Buffalo. I think don't quote me on that. And, um, it's like a show and then also like a taco bar, and then there's also supposed to be some like kind of mock wrestling thing too.
1: Hmm. Sounds
0: interesting. Yeah. That's yeah, so, see, Sam Sam's getting on to all the goodies. <laughs> all the cool, <laughs> all the cool stuff in the local area. But no, that's that sounds really rad. Like I like I said, I'm I'm definitely interested. So if I can put in the time off for that, I would I would like to come check out. I'm sure Tara would like to check yeah, it out as yeah. well. Definitely. So but so for anyone who is listening to this and wanting to know what our next episode is, so they can uh, watch it before we cover it, it's going to be episode 210, Pool. So we're going to have another old man kicking ass. <laughs> 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 Se- seems to be the theme of the month because I'm feeling old. But uh, <laughs> all right, guys. So with that, I think we are going to wrap things up here. As always, this is Mike saying goodbye. Bye.